to another month of the Fresh Start Podcast. This is episode 11. We've been at this thing for almost a year now. If this is your first episode, welcome. Make sure to like, subscribe, share this post. If you're back with us, thanks for joining us again. Again, if this is your first month with, with us, make sure to go back, check out some of our previous months. We've had a lot of good guests on the show. We've had a lot of good topics, so you'll want to make sure to go back and to listen to some previous episodes. It's July, and with July comes this idea of freedom. We've been talking about it. You think about it. Fourth of July, we celebrate our country's freedom. And so as we dive into today's podcast, we have three of our college students here with us, and we're going to talk about this idea of freedom as it relates to our Christian life, our Christian walk, and really the difference between what it, what it means to follow a religion or follow rules and the freedom that truly Christ offers. So we have Casey Stanfield. Casey is at UT Martin. You're going to be a senior this next year, right? So in the yep. fall, you'll be a senior. We have Ashley Wolf. Ashley is our girl student ministry intern. She goes to Union, and Ashley is a senior as well. Super senior. Who's <laughs> counting, right? She'll get a degree eventually. <laughs> and then we have Haley Leisure. Haley's in Memphis. Yep. What year are you, Haley? I'm going to be a sophomore. Sophomore. And so... They have all gone through our student ministry. They're in their college years, home for the summer, and here to talk about this idea of freedom. So we're going to get started with the first question as we dive into this month. And the question is this. Describe the difference in your life before you took your relationship with Jesus serious and now. Now, I know that this is different for everybody. Some of us, we were saved at a young age. Some of us, uh, we were saved later in maybe our high school life or when we got a little bit older and so that's different so like for me I was saved at six so it was a little bit different for me to take my relationship serious I believe I had a relationship with God even at that young age but it wasn't until you know probably later high school that I started owning that and so um, who wants to dive into that first all right yeah I'll go ahead and go first um yeah I know for me um you know I was saved when I was when I was 12 I was in seventh grade um, and, you know, God has done uh, a really good job of reassuring me of that over uh, the past few years. And, um, you know, I've, sometimes I've, I've had my doubts and stuff like that. But um, it wasn't until 11th grade where I started taking it seriously, where I, um, I came to uh, D-Now weekend here at First Baptist um, before I joined the church. And, um, yeah, God just really convicted me and told me, like, hey, I want you to, like, really like take up your cross and like you know start taking this faith thing really seriously and so um and you know I've, I've had my, my setbacks since then especially since starting college yeah but I mean you know ever since then um you know I've, I've come to uh, be baptized get the, my baptism on the right side of my salvation um you know I've uh, surrendered to the ministry um I'm working with a First Baptist Union City uh, while I'm at, at college, and uh, so, yeah. Yeah, um, mine was, like, I was also saved at a really young age. I was saved at eight, um, so I went all throughout church, like, grew up in church my whole life, went to high school, and was obviously, you know, going through the motions and, you know, in ministry and stuff, surrendered to the children's ministry when I was a junior in high school, and I don't think it was until I hit college freshman year 
that I realized how good I had it in Lexington because I was like my whole life were all around the church. I was looking people in Lexington and looking at places where I can just, you know, talk, pe- talk to people about the gospel and, you know, um, do ministry and lead worship and stuff. And then when I got to college, I was like, you know, oh, crap, like, what do I do? You yeah. know, like, um, where does my ministry lie? Like, what what church do I want to go to? What ministry do I want to be a part of? And that has been a struggle. It's still a struggle because I've only gone through one year of it and with COVID and everything. But I don't think it was until I hit freshman year, until I hit a brand new city, that I realized how good I had it yep. whenever my ministry got serious, you know. Ashley, yours is a little bit different because you, <laughs> uh, you got saved later. So you weren't, you didn't necessarily grow up in church. You didn't have maybe the like ability to fake it as far as, you know, someone who's grown up in church, mm-hmm. you know, the church answers, you know, how to act and what to mm-hmm. do and what to say and all of those different things. So you can play the part, but you didn't grow up in church. And mm-hmm. so you kind of explained or you have explained when you jumped in, you were all in. And so kind of descri- describe the difference in your life. Pre-coming to church, pre-hearing about Jesus, and then afterwards. So it's kind of complicated because, like, I started out going to church until I was about 11, until my dad passed away, and then me and my mom, we just didn't go to church anymore. So, like, I knew who God was, and I never doubted that God existed, but um, it was more so I didn't understand salvation, and I did not understand what it meant to be a Christian, and that was something that I was looking for most of my life. Um, but I wasn't saved until I was a senior in high school. And um, so I couldn't, like like Ryan said, I couldn't fake it. Like, I mean, I didn't know the lingo. I didn't understand, like, you know, the church uh, definitions for things. And, like, I didn't understand all of that. I just knew that I was lost and I needed Jesus. And um, so after that, I mean, I just kind of jumped right in. Like, there wasn't any, like... I didn't take it seriously after I was saved. It was like I took it very seriously because, like, I knew what it meant, and I knew what it meant to be lost and without him. So, yeah. I would say one of the differences for me um, was just the the outlook that I had and the, the weight that I held other people's opinions in my life. Mm-hmm. So before, like, I mean, I have always taken my relationship with Jesus, I feel like, serious, but there was a there was a point whenever I was like, you know, I'm either going to care more about my relationship with people or with God, and which opinion am I going to hold higher? And so for a majority of my middle school and high school, I cared more about what the people around me thought than what I knew God was calling me to do. And so there was that, that shifting point of, man, God is calling me to do this, and so I'm going to dive all in. Uh, because for me, it was it was really like I compartmentalized my life where I, I did a very good job of saying, I'm going to live this way around this set of friends and this way around this set of friends. And it was exhausting because mm-hmm. it's like, who am I going to be today? Yeah. And so finally taking it serious and saying, this is who I am and this is what I believe and I'm going to act this way around anybody and everybody. And if people are uncomfortable or don't want to be a part of that, then they just can't be as big a part of my life mm-hmm. as they are before. And really in that, you start to see who really cares about me um, and who, who do I want around me. And so yeah. there are some differences. I know that that's probably something that someone who's watching this could be struggling with, trying to figure out how do I take this serious, my relationship with Jesus. And, and there are differences in that. So kind of moving on. Uh, 
Question number two, um, how is following Jesus different than following rules? I'll say this, I know that a lot of people when they hear about the Christian life, when they hear about the Christian walk, they more think, well, uh, there's not freedom in following Jesus. Actually, it's the opposite. I give up my freedoms when I follow Jesus, but true followers of Christ know that that's not the case. Following Jesus is actually, it gives you freedom to actually live that the world doesn't give you. Uh, we think of sin and being able to do whatever we want to as freedom when actually you're enslaved to that. You can't help but sin. You can't help but screw up. You can't help but fall into things and do things you know will hurt others or hurt yourself or have bad consequences. So how is following Jesus different than just following rules? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Would you go ahead? Jump in, actually. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I, I guess, like, when you think of that, you forget that once you follow Jesus, you have the peace of God with you, too. And so, mm -hmm. like, you think about, oh, all these things that, especially in college, that you could be doing to have fun. And, you know, like, something that everybody faces as a college student is partying. And because uh, you're now on your own. Middle school and, student, high school student, mm -hmm. third grader. And, I don't know what you're into. But yeah, <laughs> that, you know, that temptation of doing that. And so, like, you forget and you're like, oh, all my friends are having fun, going out, doing all this. But, like, you forget that following Christ is actually giving you peace. And even though, like, your friends are going out and they look like they're having fun, they don't have that peace. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. And I think what, um, you know, everybody's on the TikTok world these days. But I think what um, Satan is trying to do in our society is make, like, people who are going to heaven they they make them look like they're just getting two shoes and it's not going to be fun. They make, like I've literally seen people say that hell is going to be a party one day and that um, it's going to be fun and exciting whenever the Bible actually talks about it being like literal torture. Yeah. 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 And so I think that um, it's what Brother Clay said um just a couple weeks ago about um, Satan justifying our sins in society. Mm -hmm. So instead of the world looking at us like a bunch of rule followers, we're following Jesus for our salvation because our mess ups are forgiven by Jesus. It doesn't mean you can just go out and do what you want. Um, but he does forgive you when you mess up and repent and stuff, you know? Yeah. And you know, following Jesus versus following a bunch of rules or following like a religion it's like it's like yes i have the ability to go out and commit these sins and that won't that won't change the fact that i'm saved but because i have a relationship with jesus i have the ability to like repeatedly run back to him and fall on my face mm -hmm. and you know experience his love and his mercy and i mean that doesn't that doesn't justify any of the sins that i commit in my day-to-day -day life but, you know, and, you know, it's a constant working process to try and get to that point where you don't desire to do some of those things anymore. Um, but, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I know for me that's always been just in the back of my mind. I know that in the back of my mind, no matter what I do, that God is going to forgive me. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear it a lot, but the difference in Jesus and the rules is whether you're falling into a relationship or a religion. Mm -hmm. Religion will tell you to follow rules every yeah. single time. 
but again, that's that's the difference in Christianity and any other religion there is in the world. Any other religion will tell you, you have to do these certain things in order for God to love you or for you to be accepted or you to be able to whatever. You have to work. It's a very works-based. It's dependent on you. Christianity or following Jesus tells you, you can't do it. You mm-hmm. can't follow enough rules. You can't right. be good enough. And so um, you have to surrender your life to him. And so, again, it's the peace that you talked yeah. about. It's the it's the assurance. It's really the confidence in knowing I don't have to be this person. I don't have to act this way to feel accepted because my father accepts me for how he created me. And so I don't mm-hmm. have to fall into this mold of what everybody says I should be. I know who I am. Yeah. And really a lot of the identity crises I think that we have is because people, again, they don't feel like they fit anywhere. And so they start trying to fall into this mold of, well, this is who I'm going to be because I just don't fit in anywhere else. And um, I actually went to um, <clears throat> a church camp with my on-campus ministry, and one of the speakers there um, actually said that we, um, he actually wanted us to do like a self, um, what am I trying to say? A self-evaluation. Like there, there you go. <laughs> There's the word. <laughs> but a self-evaluation on like how broken we are, because the Bible says for us to come as we are, and it's what Ryan says, we don't have to work for who god wants us to be like we have to just come as we are and fall at his feet and just because we are broken people and we cannot do this on our own like we have to have jesus to you know live yeah and i think that you know um i think it was wade morris uh who spoke at uh, pathfinders uh, the, mm-hmm. our recent mission trip to las vegas he he described in very very good detail um like who we were before we were saved, who we are, and who we're meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I think, I'm like, that's that's a really good um, a way to sort of, uh, I guess, compartmentalize our faith. Um, I mean, because every, every person has a definition for who they were before they knew Christ, who they are now, and who they're meant to be. And, you know, who we're meant, what we're meant to be is in relation with God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be sinless and to... There you go. Yeah. All right. How does Jesus offer freedom from your struggles? So we all have struggles. We all have things that we uh, we deal with. Uh, I think a crazy a crazy thing about it is we all have different struggles. I think that's a beautiful mm-hmm. picture of the gospel. It's a beautiful picture of the Bible. You know, even Paul, who wrote a majority of the New Testament, he talked about a thorn in his flesh. I think that they leave that ambiguous so that we can all relate to it. He didn't identify with one specific sin or struggle or doubt or whatever. Uh, But we're all different. All four of us sitting around here, we all Mm -hmm. have different things we struggle with. We all have different personalities. And that's the thing about the body of Christ. We all work together, but while we all work together, we all struggle. We all have Mm -hmm. struggles. And so uh, Jesus offers freedom from your struggle. He offers a way that we're not left. We're not left in that struggle. So, Haley, what do you think? What are some ways Jesus offers freedom from that? I think that that's just the beauty of the gospel. And it's what um, it's what, it's what we were saying earlier. It's just, you know, like we are broken people and we struggle. And, like, if we just say, like, I know that I struggle with um, being in control. So sometimes I'm just kind of like, you know, oh, God, I got this on my own. You know, like, I can do this on my own. Let me prove it to you. And then at the end of the day, it's like, 
never mind Jesus you can take it like going back to Jesus every time saying I can't do this on my own so I think it's just people picture the gospel how uh, what Casey said earlier it's like in the back of my mind like oh I know Jesus will forgive me you know and again not saying that you can just go out and do what you want without consequences and without repenting to him and laying it at his feet every time but as Christians like you know our job is to come as we are and with our struggles because God is literally saying here let me take that from you here let me take this addiction from you let me take this struggle from you because I can heal you so yeah I think that the fact that we acknowledge that it, that it is a struggle yeah I think that it, that's usually a really good sign that um, that we do have a relationship with God you know, because if you didn't have a relationship with God, then you wouldn't feel convicted. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think sometimes we relate that to our, um, like, you know, we're talking about sins right now and, like, how we fall and stuff. But also struggles can be taken as, like, our daily life, like, our daily struggles yeah. as we mm-hmm. are walking through school, having to get our homework done on time, and um, just pretty much working our butts off to like you know get all our work done and Mm -hmm. that can be a stressor and that can be um something that you know like can really like lay hard on you at least it does for me sometimes and um I just have to realize that you know God's got this like God is in control like Haley said um you know and you just have to like let him take it and you just have to like know that no matter what you you can just do your best and um the rest God will handle Mm-hmm. And I think you all communicated it, but, you know, Jesus, God will accept us as we are, but one thing is he doesn't leave us how we mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And so in our struggles, like he He will take us and he will take our, you know, sense of wanting to be in control or our guilt or our anxiety or whatever sin. He'll take that and he'll say, come to me with that. Mm-hmm. But one thing about it is he doesn't leave us in that. Right. Yeah. And I think right. that's where the breakdown happens a lot of times is people use that fact that Jesus does accept initially you exactly how you are and they use that as an excuse to stay how they are Mm -hmm. and so they're like well yes I and then they identify with some sort of sin oh yeah I know I'm prideful or I know I you know I know I struggle with this addiction or I know I struggle with this but you know God loves me and he accepts me and while that's true uh, he doesn't want you to stay the same there's not one instance and and you hear people talk about this all the time well Jesus ate with prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners that's true but not one instance in the Bible does Jesus come in contact with somebody and he accept them and then they leave not change right everybody leaves changed right or at least convicted in the sin I mean even the even the the you know, one one instance I can think of where, you know, the rich young ruler, he at least left grieving the fact that he knew, man, I have a lot of possessions. He at least knew where his allegiance lied, but everybody that came in contact with Jesus, they left changed. They didn't leave the same. And so if you are coming and you meet with something and then you're still in your struggles, it's it's not Jesus because he offers freedom from that. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of those, Jesus ate with sinners, but he didn't, he didn't, participate in sin yeah. with them mm-hmm. and I think that's a really hard balance you know I know for me as a musician I'm able to come in contact with a lot of people that you know don't know Jesus and you know you know I've played in restaurants and stuff where you know they'll be you know smoking and 
you know, drinking and all that. And um, it's like if I were to, you know, part- participate in those things with them, that would not be ministry. Yeah. But if, if I were to still um, treat them with kindness and maybe um, try and sort of get to know them and sort of segue it into a gospel conversation, like that would, yeah. be, that would be ministry. Yeah. See, um, so going back to what we said earlier about the first question, um, I didn't think I realized how good I had it, like when I did, because um, when I first got to Memphis, I think I had more of a culture shock than anything. Like, you know, here it's kind of like everybody knows everybody, and it's it's easy to talk to people about the gospel on mission trips. When we go to Brazil and to Arkansas and to here and do that. It's so easy. And then when you go out into the real world and you're staying in these dorms with people who live beside you who have have never even heard God's name before. So it is so hard. And people are looking at you like, I mean, I had a bunch of people, like my old roommate, like called me a Jesus freak because I wouldn't go out with her every night or I wouldn't do this with her, do that with her. And, you know, I think that they would try to point out all flaws. Oh, well, you do this. You have an attitude sometimes. I'm like, okay like we're all human like and that's when we have to realize that no one's perfect and we'll never be perfect yeah exactly and that's like something i think us as christians we don't like portray very much like we like to act like we've got it all together Mm -hmm. we don't need anybody's help like we have everything together and you're like it's kind of like that mask people put on to act like everything's perfect in their lives and like and i think that is really like taking away from our ministry to lost people because if we're showing them like you know oh we're perfect we have everything together and we're judging you because you're not perfect then like what kind of ministry is that doing yeah and so like being very vulnerable and um just um able to communicate that like I still struggle with things like everybody Mm -hmm. still struggles and nobody's perfect and I still mess up and you know like like you said sometimes I have an attitude with people and I don't mean to be it's (laughs) just you know, like, and, and that's like, it happens, Just part of but our also yeah. Yeah. that's something that you have to be like, okay, yeah, I'm not perfect, but I'm working on it. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I'm, yeah. I'm working to be like Christ and there's yeah. no possible way we can ever reach to be like exactly like Christ, but that should be something that we're striving to, to be. Cause mm-hmm. And we are like prideful human beings. So we obviously don't want to admit that to people mm-hmm. and stuff. So that's also another struggle that all of us christians like deal with it's like putting on that mask what ashley just said like mm-hmm. you know acting like everything's okay because we want everybody to we don't want anybody to know we struggle you know mm-hmm. we don't want anybody to know that what we're dealing with or how mm-hmm. we're dealing with it we just want to put on this mask and just act like we have everything together whenever yeah. really we're just like you know struggling but with whenever that. we take that mask off and show the world that hey we struggle too yeah like a lot of people just have the picture perfect idea of a christian and that everything you know works out for them and that like you know they're blessed financially they have all these things yeah Yeah, exactly but in reality the bible says that when you're a christian like you're gonna struggle Mm -hmm. because he does not like god does never never promises that we won't struggle or face hard things as a christian actually we should be facing hard things because satan should be attacking us exactly because and part i mean part of that the gospel is relational and so when you live life with other people in discipleship Mm -hmm. you do you see the struggles you walk through that together Mm -hmm. so each of you uh you know i've witnessed it personally you you've been serving you all serve here at the church you serve in different capacities you know uh ashley and casey are both on staff with us through the summer ashley's on staff with us um, during the school year haley serves in her different 
on-campus ministries, at different camps throughout the summer. So this question, I think, falls right into you, but it also, I mean, there's students, there's parents who are watching this who there are millions of things pulling at their attention every single day. Uh, for me, uh, growing up, I played every sport. I mean, I was a year-round athlete. I just did that. I know that there's people who they do that with music. They do. I mean, there is there is always something that can pull at your time. But one thing I'm thankful, and I think you would say so too, is that um, the times that you set aside to serve were times that were most beneficial and really helped you live in that freedom that Jesus offers. So the question that I want us to address now is, how has serving helped you stay focused on your call to be a Christian? I would say it's accountability. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when you're a leader, you have to hold yourself accountable to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you're not, like, um, I feel like, Ryan, you've talked about this multiple times, saying that, like, you know, if you're always pouring out all the time and you're not pouring into yourself, like, through Scripture and um, with your relationship with God and God's not pouring into you, then how are you going to be able to pour out to others? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Exactly. I think another thing that Ryan taught me, um, he talked about opportunities a lot, about letting opportunities um, slip. So if you get an opportunity to serve the Lord, why would you not take it? Like, I remember yeah. Brother Clay um, asking people, you know, to go on all these mission trips. And he was like, if you have to go and you have to pray, like, Lord, do you want me to go on this mission trip? He's obviously going to be like, yes, I want you to go. Like, you're you're serving me. Of course I want you to go. Yeah. You know, so don't let an opportunity survive from you and the accountability part, yeah. like, I think you know. sometimes we forget as Christians we're all called to go exactly. and to make disciples. It's not just your pastor. It's not just uh, the leaders in your church. We are all individually called to go. Exactly. So. Yep, absolutely. Um, I know that, so like I said earlier, I, uh, I volunteer at um, First Baptist Union City while, uh, while I'm at school in Martin. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing or – the biggest way that serving has helped me grow, I mean, it's made me realize that ministry isn't always like sunshine and rainbows like you were talking about mm-hmm. a minute ago. I mean, it, I mean, you got to have some pretty thick skin to mm-hmm. be able to deal with some of the things that, you know, mm-hmm. students and even like older congregation members are going to say to you. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, and I, and, you know, I know for me, <clears throat> sometimes my fuse can be a little bit short. Um, yeah. And, you know. It's, it's really taught me, like, to, like, just, I have to tell myself, okay, Casey, just, just breathe, just know that, like, <laughs> you know, the ministry of Jesus is much more important than, yeah. you know, being miss, right, miss, or, yeah, than being yeah. right, or Miss Susie over there mm-hmm. talking about you wearing jeans in church. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, mean? I think yeah. one thing ministry has definitely taught me is patience, oh, oh, <laughs> especially yeah. working yeah. in it about yeah. for three years now. Definitely. See, I like, think... One of the major things that it's also taught me is responsibility. Yeah. Um, I, what, what Ryan said, I work at a bunch of camps. So one of my major camps that I go to is Lakeshore. I work with um, a lot of special need adults. Yeah. So I actually just recently was like the only one experienced in my cabin. So I took on the responsibility of like handling the files and stuff like that. And I'm telling you, I'm just like Casey, my fuse is running very short. <laughs> so my patience and the responsibility of that, but, um, what I did hear my pastor say, he said, if you actually dig in and you put God first and the camper second and yourself last, you are going to have 
you're going to be tired and you're going to be exhausted and your fuse is going to be running short. But at the end of the week, you're going to have the biggest blessing because they just take off what the world tells you and they just rip it all off and they just show you the love of God. So I think that it also shows you that, you know, when you put yourself last, you actually put God first and the other people around you second. It's like, you know, it creates a bigger blessing in the end of it. So, And I think, you know, our mission statement here, taking the gospel across the streets, states, and seas, we have a very distinctive way that we serve. We serve here locally. You know, we, yeah. we pour into schools. We pour into the communities right here around our church. And again, it makes us um, stay focused on who we're trying to reach right here. Our mission field is your classroom. It is your work. It is your job. It is the people that you're on teams with. It's your neighbors. Uh, but we also have local church partners. We have different things. Like you said, we travel. But then it, even overseas, and I'll say for me, like serving has helped me realize how blessed I have it here. So when the mm-hmm. when the things do come up to where there's people um, complaining about petty little things, I just remember like, man, like Brother Bob showed pictures from his mission trip in India, and they're sitting in a room smaller than this room that we're recording in right now with no air conditioner on the floor, and they're just happy to be there hearing about God. And yep. so it's like... Yeah. You know, I would have never, if I didn't serve, not one time would I have turned on my shower and thought, man, I'm really blessed because that's something that we do. But because I have been overseas and I've had to take bag showers where we fill up a five gallon bag and set it out in the sun and then we have a nozzle and that's how we've taken showers. There are just random days I flip on my water to take a shower and I'm just like, God, thank you for this because I know that. A majority of the world doesn't have this luxury, and I would have never had that opportunity to see how truly blessed I am if I didn't go and serve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, like the gospel, and really even this life, it's not about us. And serving helps you see, man, it's like I have a short time on here, and if I spend all of my time focused on me, then man, I've really missed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, last one. Number five. What is a piece of advice? that you would give to a teenager who is struggling to live in their freedom with Jesus? I would recommend just falling into your service, falling into... um, I know one thing that really helped me was I really started freshman year getting plugged into my church and getting really involved, like going on these mission trips, getting involved in... Where I saw my spiritual gifts, it was all singing. So, of course, I got involved in choir and I got involved in leading in worship. And it's what Ryan says, like, it really humbles you teaches you all these things about um, how free you are in Jesus, about how sin and your struggles do not, like, define you anymore. So my advice would be to really get plugged in. And if you're in that transition where you're um, trying to find your spot, trying to find, like, um, where you want to go or where you want to serve, I would recommend just, like, praying about it, give it to the Lord, being like, Lord, where do you want me? Lord, just guide me where you want me to go. And like you said there, you know, you were able to use things that you were already interested in to make an impact. And so, you know, God doesn't, yeah, he'll call you out of your comfort zone, but he'll use things that you already enjoy doing to be able to serve him. It's not like you're going to hate your life if you follow God. Like he will give you opportunities inside of your own passions to be able to serve him exactly yeah find your passion and find what you're passionate about and figure out a way to tell people about jesus because of that yep my number one way of uh living or what was it advice to live in freedom advice to live in freedom find a group 
of like-minded like-minded people that will hold you accountable yes um, that you know will hold you accountable like I know for me um, I go to uh, the BCM uh, when I'm at school uh, the Baptist Collegiate Ministry uh, shout out to Morgan Owen if he's listening to this. Uh, hey he was on our podcast last episode go yeah. listen to it <laughs> shameless plug but uh yeah I mean absolutely uh me and some guys um we have like little life groups that we get together and we study the Bible, um, and we literally we create uh, we created a group chat on Snapchat, and I mean we don't have like certain code words for certain sins um, that you know we're being either being tempted to do or that we're currently struggling with. You know we send that code phrase, and everybody else in that group chat knows to be praying at that moment. And I mean, you know we're all extremely vulnerable with each other and but we're also um it, you know we just happen to be some of the you know some really close friends too so i mean yeah just finding 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 a group of people like that that will yeah. kind of uh lasso you back into the herd so yeah. to speak um the number that's the number one thing and that's say. and that's really important because like even in high school i struggle with trying to find the right friends outside mm-hmm. of church you know because again like my whole high school career of course i was involved in like basketball for two years or beta but like outside of that my time was mostly spent with (laughs) Ryan in the office every day or me going to common grounds me going to Wednesday nights and leading worship and stuff so outside of all of those organizations I was like well I need to find some friends and those friends were not leading me down the right path so I think I even struggled with that in college some because you know I flipped around with some ministries and stuff and I finally found where I'm comfortable and where I'm where I actually enjoy the people who are around me and actually keep me accountable. So that's yeah. a very important. Yeah, I uh, I actually, you know, I kind of bounced around some churches a little bit my first my first two years of college. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it sometimes it takes it takes you a minute to find the right uh, organization or group or whatever that will click with you. But you know, the sooner you can find that, the better. I mean, um, and I say that's especially important for anybody who's listening that's about to go to college. That's the number one thing. You know. Find an on-campus ministry like Haley was talking about, and find a good church that you know aligns with your mm-hmm. belief system. So. Yeah, I would agree with those t- two things as well. But also, I would say something that kind of like takes away freedom. I would say is um, comparison. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially on social media, which I know that's a lot of people, like a lot of young people, like struggle with, is looking to all like Instagram and all that, and uh, comparing yourself and yeah. comparing what you have and saying, "Oh, I don't have that," and you know that can really take away your freedom as well. And um, I just think that it's like you you have this void, and you're trying to fill it with all these like worldly things when really you need to have a relationship with Jesus and so whenever you're struggling with your freedom like I would personally say like of course I agree with serving and building a great group of Christian friends like around you which is very important but also like reading your Bible like yeah yeah Yeah. that will like if you need a reality check read your Bible I mean sometimes Um, I would even sit there with my Bible and be like okay God just show me what you need me to hear today and I'll just Mm -hmm. open it up and it'll literally be like couple of verses I'll be like okay I hear you loud and clear like yeah I remember I was doing the same thing I was I was actually scrolling on social media just looking at like all these mm-hmm. like beautiful tiktokers and I was like oh my words I just put it down and then I started my quiet time and it was like um it was in proverbs and it was like you know you're beautifully mm-hmm. and wonderfully made yeah. I yeah. think I was in proverbs I don't remember but I definitely <laughs> say like you know personal devotion in scripture is like 
it like checks your attitude yeah and so like whenever you're you're feeling like you don't have the freedom in jesus or you're tempted by like something you sit down and read your bible yeah like yeah Yeah. (laughs) and if you don't know where to start we can help Mm -hmm. you out with that definitely well that's all the time that we have for today thank you all for sitting down talking about these different questions and addressing these different things again thank you for joining us for another month of the fresh start podcast Uh, we uh, launch out the full clip on the first of every month and then we put out weekly clips on our social media so make sure to check those out again like subscribe share if you haven't go out and have a great month thanks for joining us